From Boston University and BU Alumni Relations, welcome to Proud to Be You Around the World. I'm your host, Jeff Murphy, and this season, we're taking the podcast on the road to meet some of our most interesting and accomplished alumni navigating life and careers in cities across the globe. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome guest host Susan Richardson to the Proud to Be You podcast. Susan's the Executive Director of Alumni Relations here at BU and leads our efforts to meaningfully engage our 339,000 alumni around the globe. Susan, thanks so much for being here. Take it away. Thanks, Jeff. It's my pleasure to introduce our guest today, Nina Tassler. Nina graduated from the College of Fine Arts class of 1979. She went on to build a groundbreaking career as an executive at CBS, where she rose through the ranks to become chairman of the entertainment division. In recent years, she published her first book, What I Told My Daughter, and co-founded Patma Productions. She also received an honorary doctorate from BU in 2016 and serves as a member of the Board of Trustees. Nina joined me on the podcast to reflect on her formative BU experiences and to explore the values embedded throughout her storied career. Hi, Nina. Thanks so much for joining us today on our Proud to Be You podcast. First of all, I just have to tell you how excited I am to uh, be a part of the award-winning Proud to Be You podcast. I believe that you came to be you to be an actor. Did you grow up with artists and entertainment people in your family? I did come to BU uh, to study acting. I had wanted to be an actor from the time I was very young. I was active in high school and professional productions before I came to BU. There's nobody in my family, although I did hear a story, a family story, that my grandmother, when she was young, traveled to Los Angeles from New York to work in the silent movies, but I didn't know if that was myth or whether or not that was true, but I had no family affiliated with any of the uh, acting, anybody in the acting profession. I did, however, come from a family of, I would say, big personalities, so let's just say that perhaps informed some of the choices I made in life. So, big personalities in your family. How did you end up at BU, and what was your time like here? Well, my decision to go to BU was very well thought out. I was very focused on finding a theatrical training program where I could study professional theater, but that I could also get my Bachelor of Fine Arts. Way back in the 70s, when I did attend uh, Boston University, there was the Fisk book of schools around the country. So I looked long and hard and found that BU had one of the top theater programs in the country. I would also be able to get my degree. I was very interested in being in Boston, although I had never been there before I came to BU to audition. But I was really, really interested. BU was my top choice. It's where I wanted to go. And it was perhaps one of the single most influential decisions of my life. Wow. So tell us about your BU experience. How did it shape who you became as a professional? Well, I think the first thing would be that my entire time at BU was incredibly inspiring, fulfilling, rewarding, informative. I was at Boston University from 1975 to 1979, 
So there was a lot of change going on. The experimental theater movement was very big in Boston at the time. So you really felt a lot of energy. And the theater school itself was was populated by professionals and, and teachers who were very connected to the experimental theater movement in Boston, as well as the classical theater training. I was educated in terms of not only the history of the theater, an academic overview of the theater, but as well as the practical training that one would need to have a career on stage. I also found that there was a a, a community of students and people who came to that school and came to the theater who loved the work, who loved the art, Because you had to audition to get into the program, there was a caliber of performer, and you really felt that there was a genuine focus on becoming a professional. It it, it made you feel like your next step was going to be going into the profession. The relationships and friendships that I made while at school are quite unique in that I am very close friends with a number of my classmates to this day. Because we went through a four-year training program, we spent a great deal of time together, in class together, rooming together, in, you know, going through the program together. So the friendships I made have been lifelong friendships. I actually had to jump off the phone minutes before we were doing this podcast to talk to uh, my dearest and best friend uh, to this day, Gina Davis, who was in my class at the time. And I would say that uh, the professors I had while at school, uh, Professor Bill Young, Bill Lacey, Dazette McKelvey, who unfortunately passed away, they were incredibly influential. So when you think back during your time at BU, and then you look at your uh, where you are today, would your former self be surprised to see what you're doing for work now? Well, that is a fantastic question. I think my former self would be somewhat surprised, but at the same time, I would think that it makes sense. I would say that one of the things I I did enjoy about my training at BU was that you were exposed to sort of every different facet of the art and the work. So you had to do uh, stagecraft, You had to do makeup. You know, you learned dance, movement, speech. And because you get your Bachelor of Fine Arts, you also are exposed to the extraordinary resources, uh, academic resources at the rest of the university. So I was able to take a Holocaust class with with Elie Wiesel. I was able to take a class, a Shakespeare class. I was able to take different kinds of classes that allowed me to, to interface with different cohorts. So to that end, the fact that I ended up in the executive ranks in television, I would say it prepared me for a career that tapped into different fields and allowed me to develop different skills and become comfortable being exposed to different kinds of work. So after you graduated, how did you decide what to do? What happened next? Where'd you go? At the time, the tradition was you went from Boston and you either went to New York City or you went and pursued a career 
in regional theater. I decided to go to New York at the time. I had a boyfriend at the time who is now my husband, who was also at Boston University, um, Jerry Levine, and his family was in New Jersey. And we went to New Jersey and started working in the theater in New York. Now, working in the theater means doing whatever you possibly can do to, to be in and around a professional theater environment. So for a number of years, I worked at the Roundabout Theater, literally doing anything I could, whether it was running a spotlight, building a set, working behind the scenes, whatever I could possibly do to, to again, be around a professional theater company. I was auditioning at the time. I was trying to get an agent at the time. I was helping friends do workshops, helping them produce workshops, whatever you could do just to, again, pursue a career in the theater, which also involved waiting on tables, which, which I did do. But it was it, New York was the first logical step, and, and I stayed in New York for a number of years. Unfortunately, was not successful you know, did a lot of workshops, worked off-off-Broadway, but was, was I used to call myself the callback kid. I auditioned for, for uh, wonderful theater companies, was consistently called back over and over again, but I, I did not really achieve any kind of success as an actor uh, in, in New York. So, obviously, as a callback kid... Uh, you did get called back, but what do you know now that you wish you knew then? As an actor, I had a tendency to stay a little bit too much in my head. I have always been a student of, of human behavior, so I'm always kind of, of, of watching and, and second-guessing or anticipating. And in many ways, that's in direct contradiction to what one has to do as an actor. As an actor, you have to stay in the moment. You have to be spontaneous. You have to be available. I tend to be somebody who likes to be prepared. I like to anticipate. I like to know uh, what I think strategically. You know, what I now realize are skills and assets uh, for someone in the executive ranks, not so much for someone who needs to be more raw, available, and more spontaneous. So I, I think what might have been a bit of a, a weak point in my approach to things turned out to be a strength and an asset with regard to the choices I made later in my career. So as an executive, you were featured in the Hollywood Reporter article that featured BU as a secret training ground. Uh, how did you feel about the article and also what's it like to be in L.A. and working with so many of our alumni that are in the industry? The Hollywood Reporter article that featured so many of um, the extraordinary women, BU alums who are here in L.A., was a real turning point for, I think, for many of the BU women uh, here in L.A. We all knew about each other. Many of us have worked together over the years and all had, we had BU on our resume, but what that article did gave us a sense of community that we hadn't quite experienced before. You know, I, I think what we all have shared with each other was how the BU experience really connected us to each other in a way beyond just an academic institution on a resume. 
it, it really allowed us to identify how extraordinary our experience at BU had been and, and how connected we felt to one another, not only because of a sense of school pride and that we shared certain points of reference while we were in Boston, but it was a sense that you were a part of not only incredible professors, incredible programs, but a sense that this was an institution that allowed you to find yourself, but also to feel connected and that you really were able to articulate it with with each other how we found our voice. We really found as women and being in Boston and Boston being one of the first schools to uh, actually give degrees to its female students, you felt the legacy of that. And when we were interviewed for that article in The Hollywood Reporter, it felt that that experience at BU was directly connected to the support we felt in pursuing careers and the drive to succeed. So it was, you know, as far as sort of feeling like, you know, what what is it like to be, you know, a top executive in Hollywood? I think we, or I'll say I don't necessarily look at myself that way, because I feel that each of us has been there for the other. And any success I have had is attributable to the support and encouragement I have had from so many of my fellow BU students, my classmates. Their success is mine, my success is theirs. And and that, that sense of community, that sense of partnership um, that we have with each other, I feel that that was incubated while we were at BU. I know that you were definitely in the executive ranks in television as the chairman of CBS Entertainment, uh, and then you stepped down and founded Patma Productions to focus on diverse voices. You've done a lot to work and highlight and advance women in the world of entertainment. I know that uh, as recently as uh, last fall, you were part of a panel that we did in uh, L.A. with your former roommate, Gina Davis, and also Krista Vernoff about uh, women and gender and uh, in the industry. What do you hope to accomplish with the rest of your career? I have to also look back to my experience in the theater at BU as a key influence on the importance of elevating and amplifying diverse voices in every facet of my life, uh, personally, professionally. The theater in and of itself is always a, it's an inclusive environment. It is still a field where artists, performers, writers, creators are working for and toward a more vibrant reflection of what our world really looks like. It's also a forum that allows us to express our fears, our joy, our frustration, our enthusiasm for so much of what is happening in our communities and our world. And I think that, um, and again, that that is not only what the what my experience at BU reinforced, but it is very much what is being uh, explored in the current programs 
at theater programs at Boston University right now, and the and the current and the in the College for Fine Arts. So I think in many ways, what is happening at CFA today, what's happening at BU today, is directly reflected in what is happening in the entertainment business in Los Angeles. Gina Davis was spearheading or highlighting the gender inequity in our business way before anybody else was. She was prescient in that regard. And I think that what's so wonderful is last year when we did the panel, you could hear that the programs and policies that she has been advocating are now reflected in many of the conversations that are taking place in the theater school, in the College of Fine Arts. So there is a real synergy between what is happening in Los Angeles, what is happening with the BU community in Los Angeles is very much connected to what is happening in the College of Fine Arts in Boston right now. And I feel that with Gina, with Krista Vernoff, these are our leaders for gender equity in all facets of the entertainment field, in television, in movies, in podcast, and you name it, there is no, in, in all, fa- all areas of programming, children's programming, primetime programming, streaming, cable, films, independent films, short form content. It is a movement that now has a, as a momentum and has generated actual systems and programs that can be implemented. So change is not just being discussed as an idea. We now have the tools and the methods to really effect that change. Again, thanks in large part to Gina, to Krista, and, and I think you know, tremendous debt of gratitude is owed to to BU and to how much support the school has been giving us and the forums that are are being are being generated to have these kinds of conversations. And we appreciate it. And I'm also going to say you're also an author. You wrote a book, and I've read it, and I highly recommend it. What I Told My Daughter: Lessons from Leaders on Raising the Next Generation of Empowered Women. Why did you want to write this? And in addition to that, the introduction's very personal. How did your family feel about you sharing so much? (laughs) Um, Well, first, when I wrote the book, primarily for very selfish reasons, I I had a lot of questions uh, as a mother myself. I, I, I had a daughter, have a daughter, and she was entering her teen years. You know, I had a very close relationship with my own mother, Um, But there were questions about raising a daughter in the age of an emerging social media environment in an age when the women's movement that I was a part of in the 70s didn't really exist. And I looked around and I said, where, and I I just logically thought my daughter would become active in women's causes and and so on, but they really weren't, um, again, they really didn't exist. So I had a lot of questions. And I went looking for, I, I'm a very, I have a very academic approach to things. So I started looking for books and essays and articles that would answer some of the questions that I had. And I didn't find one. And I thought, well, if possible, maybe I could collect personal stories from women across all different walks of life that would provide answers to the questions that I had. And in doing so, came up with the idea of reaching out to women, again, from all different walks of life, and have them tell personal stories about raising their own daughters, 
what they shared with their daughters, again, questions, fears, hopes, disappointments, whatever. I didn't want it to be a how-to book. I wanted it to be more, again, a very a personal, raw, and revealing collection of essays that gave readers unique insight into what it is like in our current climate to raise a daughter and raise daughters. And it was incredibly rewarding. And I feel, you know, as we look to the current wave of incoming freshman congresswomen, you know, we're seeing one of the largest group of women to enter government in, a, in, in our history. So I think we are on the crest of young women, women of color, women from, again, all different walks of life, really embracing the opportunity to lead and lead from such diverse backgrounds And what that said to me is that we are who we are because of our personal stories, our families of origin. And the book really did reflect the diversity among the women leaders. When you seek to to achieve in life, you don't abandon who you were or where you came from, but you embrace that. There's a quote, actually. It's a John Adams quote. Who we are is who we were. And, and I think women leaders today are, are very confident and comfortable embracing where they came from, and they want to share the, that same sense of, of history and pride with their own daughters. Yes, and I highly recommend the book. It was really excellent, and um, I, I hope that our, our listeners can find it on Amazon or at their other bookstores. And so before we wrap up, you've been very successful on so many fronts. I, I know that in addition to your success in entertainment, you know, family's very important to you. You're also an activist, and I know how much BU means to you. Are there any things, uh, highlights that you wanted to share about things that you are the most proud of that we haven't touched upon yet? I would say that one of the most important aspects of my time at BU and how that kind of underscores where we are at this moment in our history, in our government, in our political situation, being in Boston and being at Boston University, you were always mindful of history. You were always mindful of the fact that even though BU is it's a big university, you felt that there was a great deal of respect for the relationship between the school and the city and the school and the community. And that, I've carried that with me most of my life. And living in Los Angeles and feeling a sense of connection with my city, feeling a connection with my community. I serve on a number of boards, one of which is Jewish Family Services. And it is one of the oldest social service organizations in the city of Los Angeles that provides safety net programs for vulnerable members of our society. And being in Boston and being very aware of uh, being a student in Boston and and being aware of all the different kinds of communities surrounding university made me open my eyes to how much we need to stay connected. And right now, as I said, being in Los Angeles, serving on different boards, being involved in, in different kinds of activism, Boston and being at BU allowed me to develop my voice and and made me feel confident that what I had to say 
mattered, but it also taught me to listen. It taught me to listen, be aware of everything that was going on around me and the different organizations and different actions that I'm a part of, different causes. I listen a lot. And a call to service, again, I feel that being at BU, it gave me the foundation to build on. And when I am either at a protest, whether I'm at a rally, whether I'm speaking on a panel, whatever I'm involved with, and I either meet somebody else who went to BU or somebody had a relative who went to BU, there is an immediate sense of connection. And in a world where everybody sometimes feels kind of isolated and and disconnected from each other, this sense of connection that BU gave us is what I carry into virtually everything I do. We need to reconnect as a country. We need to reconnect in our communities. And again, those were the very vital lessons that I learned at BU. So Nina, we're at the end of our time, but I can't thank you enough. And we're so proud to have you, our alumni uh, population. And uh, thanks so much for today. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Susan. Thanks again, Nina, for joining us on Proud to Be You. While we only scratch the surface here on the podcast, I encourage all of our listeners to read Nina's wonderful book, What I Told My Daughter. There you'll find more of her perspective, plus essays by a wide array of iconic women leaders, including Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Madeline Albright, and fellow BU alumna Gina Davis. You can find a link to the book in the show notes of this episode. Thanks, Susan, for bringing us this fascinating conversation, and my thanks to Nina for sharing her time and talent with us as well. On behalf of everyone on the BU Alumni Relations team, thanks so much for listening to Proud to Be You. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you find your episodes. I'm Jeff Murphy, and no matter where your path takes you, be proud to be you. The Proud to Be You podcast is produced by Boston University Alumni Relations. Our theme is from Jump and APM Music. To learn more about Proud to Be You, visit bu.edu slash proud to be you.